Hosanna, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Good morning, Christian America. Jesus enters Jerusalem in the passage that we're going to go through today. This is the gospel according to John chapter 12. We're going to start today at verse 12. Jesus has just raised Lazarus. He's making his way from Bethany into Jerusalem. His hour is close. Let's see how the people react and then question whether or not we are reacting in that same manner. Let's get it to scripture today. Good morning, Christian America. And good morning, Christian America. Eddie here is always representing the Christian American revitalization effort where we seek to revitalize the Christian faith across our nation. Today, friends, we're, we're continuing our journey through the gospel according to John we're in chapter 12. We're going to start at verse 12 today. Um, it's not a very long one, but it's it's filled with so much richness. It's it's filled with so many references to the Old Testament. That's why it's so important, especially Christians who obviously love the New Testament. We're going through the New Testament, love Jesus, are, are, are uh, taken aback by his uh, revelation by his ministry, by the works, to the deeds, the, the the spirit that he gives his apostles after all the things that we've come to know as Christians. But it, it's super, super important that when we look at the New Testament and we look at Jesus's actions, we look at what some of the phrases that he uses, some of the actions that take place and some of the actions that the people uh, have towards him. A lot of it is derived from the ancient Jewish history, the Old Testament. And this passage is just littered with Old Testament references and prophecies of the things to come that Jesus is uh, uh, fulfilling at this time as he gets ready to enter into Jerusalem before uh, he starts his passion. So let's get into scripture right away. Let's show it to you. Um, read it to you, and then we'll talk about a few of these phrases and where they come from. So chapter John chapter 12, verse 12, the entry into Jerusalem on the next day when the great when the great crowd that had come to the feast heard that Jesus was coming to Jerusalem, they took palm branches and went out to meet him and cried out, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Even the king of Israel, Jesus found an ass and sat upon it, as it is written, Fear no more, O daughter Zion. See, your king comes seated upon an ass's colt. His disciples did not understand this at first, but when Jesus had been glorified, they remembered that these things were written about him and that they had done this for him. So the crowd that was with him when he called Lazarus from the tomb and raised him from death, continued to testify. This was also why the crowd went to meet him because they heard that he had done this sign. So the Pharisees said to one another, you see that you are gaining nothing. Look, the whole world has gone after him. So friends, in this brief passage, that's littered with so much of the of, of the Old Testament references, the Old Testament prophecies. The, the crowd says, Hosanna, Hosanna, blessed 
is he who comes in the name of the Lord. This is a hearken back to Psalms 118. So this is a reference from Psalms 118, letting us understand that God is present. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. This is Jesus coming as the son of man. Another phrase that's an Old Testament phrase that Jesus uses all the time. It says that um, the word Hosanna is a, an ancient Hebrew phrase. That means save us, please. Right? They're, they're begging Jesus. They recognize his authority, and then they're begging him as he enters into the, into the city that they save him. Blessed is, is he. Please save us. He who is who comes in the name of the Lord. They recognize that he's coming in the name of the Lord. They recognize that he and only he can save them. They recognize so much that they, they grab uh, palm branches and they prostrate themselves on the road in homage and in recognition to him. Ask ourselves, if Jesus were to come today, would we have that same fulfillment? Would we have that same conviction that we would prostrate ourselves on the ground, that we would lay down our, uh, ourselves, that we would celebrate him who comes in righteousness, that, he, that we would celebrate him who comes in joyousness and in glory to save us, to help us, to, to find that, uh, that, that Christocentric life of ours that he's destined for us? Would we celebrate that? Or do we find that, that, that Jesus, do, do we see that Jesus' conviction to us, do we, do we consider it a burden? Or do we consider it a blessing? Because these people recognized who he was and they and, and recognized the blessing that it was that he entered into their city. You know, the scripture goes on and said that the um that Jesus comes on the colt of an ass, on the oh, excuse me, on the ass of a colt, right? He comes as a donkey. This is a, a harken back to the the uh, the book of Zechariah. Where he says that, you know, to God's faithful people, oh, oh, daughter Zion, see your king comes seated upon an ass's colt. It's not coincidence. It's not happenstance. It's not uh, it, something that randomly took place. Old Testament prophecies were preparing the Jewish people for the Messiah to come. Jesus fulfills those things. He doesn't change the law. He says it himself. I didn't hear. I didn't come to abolish the law. I came to fulfill the law. He fulfills these prophecies. He fulfills these prophecies that the Jewish people have been waiting for all these years. And just like if that were to take place today, we wouldn't understand. Scripture says also that even the disciples, the people that are with him, that have been with him for three years now, even they didn't understand. It wasn't until, Scripture says, it wasn't until he was glorified that they were able to look back at the things that took place and remember and compile it, right? These weren't, uh, th these weren't really educated men. Outside of Matthew, the tax collectors, most of them were just fishers and farmers, fishermen and farmers. And so, they didn't instinctively know. That's why also there's so much confusion throughout the Gospels as to what's taking place. And even Peter, the rock 
upon the church, uh, uh, the rock upon which Jesus builds the church, even he falls and fails to understand so, so many times. If it's easy to fall into the trap of condemning people for not understanding immediately. It's much tougher and much more realistic, though, that once we're able to step outside and things have passed, to reflect on what has happened and recognize truth from fiction. And that's what John's gospel does here because it's written after the fact and because he was so intimately involved in all of these things and Jesus's ministry all the way up to the end that when he's writing these gospels, he's remembering back and he gives you that glimpse that says that the, the disciples didn't understand this at first, but it was only until after he was glorified. See, there, there have been conversations about who Jesus was, what he meant, what he said um, that are outside of scripture since his since his ministry and those conversations are healthy as long as they're productive and they don't just devolve into condemnation name calling and 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 fractions within the christian community it's important we get into scripture but it's also important that we read other writings from the people who were there from the people who were either children or the disciples of the disciples so that we can have a fuller context as to who Jesus was, what he fulfilled, and what were the lessons that the people that were closest to him, John in this case, in this, in this gospel, what did he take from it? And so Jesus says, I mean, uh, scripture says even after that, that the crowd was with him when he called Jesus, uh, Lazarus from the tomb. And so they recognize his power. They were with him. They saw him raise Lazarus. He came into the, in, into Jerusalem, the way that prophecy said that the, the Messiah would come into Jerusalem. They recognize him. They hail him. They, uh, prostrate themselves in, uh, in, in themselves in front of him. They lay palm branches on. And then the Pharisees, the people who are jealous, the people who want the power that want to control the masses. What do they see? See, look to one another. You see, uh, you see that you are gaining nothing. And look, the whole world has gone after him. They know that they need to do something if they want to keep their power. That's the devil's possession of them. That's the evil within them. That they look upon what is good and righteous and they and they cast aspersion towards it. We see that today, friends. I only ask that you seek the goodness that God has to offer and reject anything else because that's how we build a better life internally with ourselves and that's how we build a better life with each other in our communities and it's so desperately needed right now. It's what this revitalization effort is all about. It's about revitalizing faith and God, but also revitalizing the love of our fellow men and women. And so with that, friends, if you like messages like this, if you like getting into scripture just once a week outside of church uh, on Mondays, we don't ask for any donations. We just simply ask for your participation. Participate in the Christian American revitalization effort by liking and sharing this podcast, subscribing to this podcast, subscribing to this YouTube channel, this Rumble channel, wherever it is. Follow us on all the social media platforms that we, we would be much appreciative uh, if you were able to do that. And so until Monday 
friends. You guys at Stay on Fire for Christ. Stay blessed. Good morning, Christian America.